Good morning and welcome to episode 91 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 91 entitled Thriller in Malananilla. I know that's kind of hard to say, but I'm playing off an old phrase from years ago that most of the young people that listen to the podcast will probably not know about. But there was a great heavyweight boxing match back in the early 70s, I believe, or somewhere in that neighborhood, or maybe in mid-70s. And it was the thriller in Manila between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Ali, the won the fight, heavyweight champion of the world. A lot of history behind those two boxers. But it was kind of that way in Milan, Tennessee, last Friday night. And that's why we're going with that, because that was a heavyweight fight or was billed to be a heavyweight fight. Down in Milan, Tennessee, as the Mustangs traveled those 20 miles, uh, to Milan, to Gibson County, to face on, or to face what at the time was the number one ranked team in the state in Class 2A. It was going to be a battle. It was going to be a heavyweight bout. And it turned out, not only was it a football game, it was also a heavyweight bout in the middle of the field. We'll talk about that a little bit as we go. But it's really interesting I, I, I really, to be honest with you, I was going to do this podcast yesterday, uh, that being Monday. Today is Tuesday. I decided to delay it a day because I was waiting on to kind of hear from what uh, the TSSAA was going to rule or if they made any kind of decision referring to the incident that happened down in Milan this past Friday night. Well, evidently, from my sources, and I have some sources that uh, were keeping me informed on this, that the TSSAA, and this is not official, this is just kind of what I'm being told at this time, that nothing's going further is going to happen, that it's over with, it's done, and uh, we'll talk about that as we go. But the polls came out yesterday, and it's very interesting. And that was another reason to kind of wait till today. Uh, but, you know, I either do the podcast most of the time on Monday or a Tuesday, and Preferably Monday lots of times because I can, you know, have things more fresh in my mind than what I usually do on a Tuesday. Yesterday was busy anyway, so probably didn't have a lot of time to have done that. But I wanted to see what TSSAA had to say. Also kind of wanted to uh, see what the polls. Now, the polls came out yesterday in Class 2A. First of all, let me say this. And I responded to a uh, feed on Facebook yesterday. Uh, referencing what I'm going to say. Polls mean nothing. They mean nothing because the state championship and each one of the nine classifications in the state of Tennessee, that's six public schools, three privates, are settled on the field. So polls are just a conversation point, if you want to put it that way, and not a very good one because you're kind of creating sometimes in some situations turmoil 
instead of intelligent conversation. And there were some several comments about the polls that came out yesterday. First of all, let me say this, and I haven't done this, but then anybody listening to the podcast already knows anyway. But Huntington defeated Milan down at Milan 32 to 14. Now, the polls came out yesterday. They had Milan ranked fourth. Riverside won, by the way, and that's the game coming up this Friday. But they had Milan four, Huntington five. Question was, how could Milan be ranked against ahead of Huntington? It's a very good question. Very intelligent question. At which to one that I do not have an answer for. Because really, when you think about it, if uh, here's my argument. If the game had been close, then you could argue either way. But the game was not close. The game was not even totally close. That was a classic Huntington Mustang beatdown. We were more physical than Milan. We outcoached Milan. We outplayed Milan. The only thing is in question is who won the melee or who won the fight in the middle of the field. That's debatable. But let's start out kind of talking about that. Let's get to that point. Because the football game started with Milan kicking off. They they won the toss, elected to defer. So Huntington gets the football to start the game. Here's a classic example, and you can argue either way. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good to win the toss and defer because you get that important third quarter drive. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Sometimes you're better off taking the football so you can make a statement. Well, Milan deferred, Hayden made the statement. As they take the ball from the 40-yard line, is uh, Milan, to be honest with you, not much of a kicking game as far as their place kicking and or their kickoffs. They, they made both of their extra points. And they had a couple of punts, one punt that went five yards. But maybe they weren't very good because the first kickoff was short. We get the ball at the 40-yard line. Nine plays were in the end zone with a classic Mustang drive. Big run in that drive of the 60 yards uh, that uh, was gained in on, on that drive. Ashton Hutcherson, 31 yards uh, at about the midway point of that drive. Got us down to their 16. And from there, punched the ball in. Grayson Anderson with the extra point. We're up seven to nothing. Milan punts. Get the ball back. This time we go 41 yards. This was after the five-yard punt. After Mustang defense stopped Milan and forced them to punt. Punt went five yards. We get the ball at their 41-yard line. And first play, Hutch goes 20 yards. And we're down to their 16. Five plays later, we're in the end zone with the Ashton Hutcherson one-yard run. By the way, Gray Eubanks, that first touchdown on a six-yard run. Anderson makes the extra point. We're up 14 to nothing. And I'm going to be honest with you about something. Although Milan came back and scored on their next drive, when it got 14 to nothing, here's what was going on in my mind. This game's over. This game's over. Because you could tell 
that Milan was not going to be able to stop our running attack. And they never did all night. Well, Milan does come back, as I just mentioned. They go 82 yards. And, and this they, they started at their 18. They started at 18 because, let me say this, while I've got a chance and why it's on my mind right here, that this Mustang special teams have played well all year. Kickoff coverage, uh, for the most part, has been excellent. And it was here as they pinned them back on their 18. And – but, you know, they converted. They went seven yards, 82 plays. I mean, 82 yards, seven plays. Score on a 20-yard run by Jaden Pete, Sophomore running back, good-looking running back. Uh, we'll get to see him for the next couple of years. But we get the ball right back. And here is when the whole complexion or the whole uh, atmosphere of the entire night changed right here. Because we get the ball at our 30. We move it into Milan territory. Couple penalties help us get there. One of those being a face mask. Uh, maybe two of them were face masks. But we get the ball at their 23-yard line. There's 8.22 left in the first half at this point. And Ashton Hutcherson. Runs off tackle to the left. Mylon, and, and I said this earlier to somebody that night, that Mylon was tackling high all night. It was like they go in, going for headshots in a way. And, and, and not really, but they were, they were trying to grab shoulder pads, whatever they could, because when, when you look at our football team, and this might have been part of their strategy, is that, you know, smaller backs – they run hard. They run a lot bigger than they look, but smaller backs, maybe it's easier to tackle them up high. I don't know. But they grab Ashton around his helmet, twist his head around, and jerk his helmet off. Well, here's where the officials may have caused a lot of what went on after this because whistle didn't blow immediately. And the rule is it's supposed to blow as soon as that helmet comes off because you can't run. You can't tackle, and they were slow about blowing the whistle here because Ash was still on his feet. He reacted, and then you had another reaction. He kind of swung around a little bit. I don't think he threw a punch. I just think he kind of swung around because he's a little upset, and I don't blame him one bit. And then a Milan player reacts, and the next thing you know, you have both benches clear and out on the field. Now, I thought coaches from both teams did an excellent job of trying to calm it down. I think uh, after a few seconds, the players realized, hey, we, you know, we need to stop. Uh, SRO officers on the field, refer uh, officials, referees trying to calm things down. And it got calmed down, I thought, fairly quick, considering it could have been a lot worse than it was. Now, we did have one player – that come out and swung his helmet, hit somebody. A Milan player took him to the ground, and that shouldn't happen. Our player should not have come out and done that, but it did happen. Emotions got carried away, but it got calmed down. And that's why I was waiting yesterday to see if TSSAA was going to uh, make a ruling on this because uh, I was hearing all day long at the Heritage Festival, doom and gloom. You know, the 
word was, hey, with all that went on, that uh, you could have two years for each team. And you can't punish just one team in this situation. You have to punish both because both teams emptied their benches. But the punishment could be two years of missing playoffs. That would be the worst-case scenario. But I have a friend with another newspaper that uh, sent me a message the other day or Sunday, said he had a, a email in TSSAA and was going to try uh, to find out what they might rule. And he sent me another message last night saying that the response to the email was they got a report on the game that uh, a player got ejected pretty much end of story. So it appears the TWSWA are not going to do anything moving forward. And when you think about it, that was my prediction. Uh, I know I told my wife this going home the other night that, and, and I told some people this Saturday at the heritage festival, the game continued to play. There was no further incidents after that. The, um, Teams gathered at the feet in the center of the field at the 50 yard line at the end of the game. They all gathered around in a moment of prayer, you know, so whatever precipitated that whole incident, it, it kind of went away and we went back to playing football, which is a good thing. But anyway, moving back to what uh, happened at that game. Yeah. The, yes. The, the incident, it, it should have never happened, but I talked to the officials at halftime, uh, I had three of them there, and I just carried on the conversation, kind of picking their brains a little bit. And, and their comments were, it just happened so fast that, you know, they they didn't know what to do. They kind of got caught off guard, as I think everybody else did. But it got calmed down pretty quick. Overall, I think it was handled the best way it could have been. But anyway, moving on. But here was the question that I proposed, actually told my wife, she's a photographer too, on the sidelines. And uh, I told her, I said, here's the question. When you have an incident like this, who is it going to motivate? Because one of these two teams is going to get motivated by what just happened. The score at this point, 114, mile and seven. Still a football game. Well, Huntington had the ball at the 10-yard line. After, well, they had it at their own 23. I'm sorry. After they've stepped off penalties against both teams. And first play, 13 yards by uh, Eubanks gets us to the 10. Then a penalty of five yards gets us to their five. One-yard run by Hutch. And then next play, three-yard run by Eubanks. And we miss the extra point. And now it is 20 to 7. The half continues like that. We actually had another chance to score, and we actually completed a pass uh, to Hutch, and somebody just kind of, I think, just ripped it out of his hands. But we had got to Milan's 17-yard line, and uh, with uh, 21 seconds left in the half, and we could very easily score it again uh, without the turnover. But Milan gets the ball to start the second half, and they move the ball down the field. So, well, I mean, we still got a ball game at this point. It's still 20-7. They can make it 20-14. Uh, if they score, but great play here by Brady Warbritton as they threw a pass in the end zone, and that's why they got the ball uh, that far down the field anyway with a couple of passes and a penalty, uh, pass interference penalty against us. 
but they got the ball down to uh, our 13, throw a pass in the end zone, and Brady Warbritton intercepts it in the corner of the end zone right before he goes out of bounds. Turnover. Big play in the game. So we get the ball at our 20. We go 80 yards, nine plays, and Eubanks with a sprint right up the middle. He got he got loose up through their uh, interior of their defense and sprinted 31 yards to the end zone. Uh, go for two. Don't, don't make it. 26-7. Game is over. I mean, Milan does come back with uh, right before the end of the third quarter, and they score – uh, by throwing a couple of long passes. One of them was 46 yards. Uh, that uh, It was a jump ball. We didn't. We got out jumped, got the ball to five, and then Pete scores again. It's 26-14. But at this point, with our ground attack and the way we've run the football, I, they're, they're not going to stop us. We're going to run up. They, there's no way with uh, their defense against our offense that they could keep us uh, from eating clock even if we don't score. But we do. 204 left in the game. Uh, Brady Warbritton, a 22-yard run to cap a 55-yard 11-play drive. And we're up 32-14. And game, game is over. Milan does get the ball back one more time. Punts. And... We take a knee, and it was another one of those that it almost was a safety as the ball went over the punter's head. He picked it up, and right before he got tackled in the end zone, he punted it. He goes out to the 13. And, of course, Eric Swenson, uh, being the gentleman that he is, takes a knee. Uh, you could have scored here probably or attempted to, but no, game's over. I take a knee, and Huntington goes to 2-0 and in the region. Four and one for the season, and setting or sets up a battle uh, with Decatur County Riverside this Friday at Paul Ward Stadium. But let's cap some up uh, or give you some stats on the that game, and these are unofficial because they're my stats. So even if they're correct, they're not official. If you understand what I'm saying, because I'm not the official stat keeper. But but the Mustangs 306 yards rushing in the game. Uh, Eubanks with 123 yards, three touchdowns. Ash Hutcherson, 131 yards, one touchdown. Brady Warbritton, nine carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Mustangs take care of business in a thriller in Milan Nilla. And Mustangs are firm control of at least first or second place. They're going to finish, I think, with the schedule ahead of them, at least first or second. They win Friday against Riverside. Uh, they're going to finish first because with the remaining schedule, although they got several district games left, there's no one left in the district beside or the region but past this Friday that can beat Hayden. Not JCM, not Camden, not Trenton, not Gibson County. None of those teams can pull it off unless there's some kind of miracle happens. And it won't. But anyway, big game coming up this Friday. I know my, uh, Riverside has lost one of their better players in Jagger Couples, 
broke his arm out for the season. We understand it. Desmond Thomas didn't play against TCA this past week. Way I understand that had a back problem, but I guarantee you, Friday night he'll be playing. The big running back, linebacker on defense, gave us trouble last year in the semifinals. And and, and I told my wife this yesterday. Very very possible, very possible that the state champion could come out of this game Friday, or at least one of these two teams will have a chance to play for a state championship. I almost guarantee it. Almost. I just that's how good I feel about it. And and in a sense, it might not matter who wins this game Friday. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time because I think these two teams are going to meet again in the playoffs. And I think the way it's structured, it'll be quarterfinals because I think uh, there'll be a team coming out of Memphis in the semis. I may be wrong. But anyway, a very good opportunity right here for the Huntington Mustangs to really put a stamp on, on their season. You win Friday night, and you're looking at a 9-1 season. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good with uh, uh, this team. that They just continue to amaze a very, very good football team, playing physical, having to uh, move some people around because of different things, and uh, they just keep getting better. So, uh, be a great game Friday. He'd come out and watch that. And, and I'm going to back up a little bit. Last week I started with the uh, the the middle school uh, team last week because I thought they kind of had a bigger game last week than the Mustangs, although the Mustangs had been billed as a bigger game. But uh, uh, the Mustangs played at Riverside last week. And uh, so I try to find my notes here, and I am where I need to be. And uh, Mustangs, and I don't know what to expect because – a couple times in the past, the middle school Mustangs, when they have faced Riverside, uh, and I was wrong, got corrected last week, and I appreciate that because I, and sometimes I'm doing this most of the time. I sit here with my game notes from Friday night, but anything else I try and come up with, uh, sometimes off the top of my head, I didn't have my middle school schedule last week when I talked about this. Uh, Mustangs only lost one game last year. They're on the verge of an undefeated season this year. Last year, I, I mean, last week I said I may have lost to Riverside, and I did say I couldn't remember, but they did not. They lost to Martin and Ty Simpson's younger brother, uh, Graham, I think's his name, um, at quarterback, and he's still there at quarterback as an eighth grader, and they're, they're pretty good. But we didn't play. They're not on our schedule this year. That was the loss that we had last year was to Martin. But a couple of years ago now, I think two years ago, and I may be wrong about this, too, but I thought possibly that uh, Martin came over here and may have uh, uh, defeated us at Huntington or three years ago, whenever it was. It was a real close game, if I remember correctly. But um, Mustangs went. So I didn't know what to expect Thursday night, so I went to Martin. I mean, excuse me, Riverside. Didn't know what to expect. I thought – that they might be better than what they were. And they, and they had some size. Uh, they were a little physical. But I'm going to tell you something about this uh, Huntington Middle School Mustang football team. Uh, well, I can tell you a lot of things about them to start with. 
But I've watched a lot of middle school football over the last several years. Uh, Nathan Wallace, when he was leading that program, was a heck of a football coach, and he still is. He's at the high school level now uh, coaching uh, with Eric Swenson. Did a great job. They went like two or three years there in a row where they didn't lose a game. And he only lost like three or four over his over his tenure. And then uh, Adam uh, – oh, I forgot. Um, Mr. Carter uh, was coaching, and he left and went to Dresden. And then Trevor Burleson took over. Tre- Trevor Trevor is a good football coach. He's a real good football coach. Love his energy on the sideline. He's got a great staff. I think he'll tell you that. And Josh Gray and and uh, uh, Scott Hampton and, and Cody Ezel. That that's that's a good group of coaches, and that makes a difference. But I've watched a lot of these middle school football teams, and I've said a lot that this team is my favorite or that team is my favorite. I can't believe they're this good. But I'm going to tell you, there's something special about this middle school football team. In some ways, maybe not as much talent as some of the teams I've seen in the past. But in other ways, maybe more talent than I've seen some teams in the past. They, they've got some things that you have to have at the middle school level. And a lot of times, and I've seen this before, a lot of people go, well, their middle school team is real good. When they get to high school, they're going to be excellent because they didn't lose a game. But they didn't lose a game sometimes because they had one real, real good player. And you can do that in middle school. You get a running back that's uh, unstoppable, you just hand him the ball, and it doesn't matter if your rest of your team's good or not, and he just runs over everybody. But when you get to high school, it all equals out, and that doesn't work as well. But this middle school football team, this 2023 edition of the Honeydew Middle School Mustangs has more than one good player. And I'm usually hesitant about mentioning names because I can't name everybody. And if I had a roster in front of me, I'd just read it off, but I don't. But they've got uh, two what you call star players, one of those being Kayshun Carter. When Kayshun gets to high school, give him a couple of years, potentially as good as any running backs ever played at Huntington because he runs with heart, he runs with power, and he plays Mustang football. And if you're a former Mustang, you understand what I'm saying about that. And their other big star is Hayes Eubanks. Hayes Eubanks is one tough kid. He's going to be as good as Gray, if not better. And I just, you know, I read a comment the other day about uh, Gray was just a beast. Well, so is Hayes. And those two players are super outstanding football players. So you could win if you didn't have anybody but those two. But they do. They have more than that. When Aiden Woods, seems like every time he touches the ball in the backfield, he don't touch it that much because uh, Kayshun and Hayes get most of the work. But when he touches it, he scores. Things happen. 50-something yard run the other night against uh, Riverside. And by the way, Mustangs won that game 32 to nothing. I hadn't mentioned that. But it wasn't a dominant game. I mean, it was a dominant performance by the Mustangs, so it wasn't close. And uh, But uh, not only do they have Aiden Woods back there to carry the ball every now and then, uh, Camonte Strayhorn has some of the best hands that I've ever seen on a football player. 
He had an interception against Riverside. Makes his fifth interception of the year in six games. That's pretty outstanding. And he can catch a football on a pass because they've thrown long passes to him. He catches those. So there's another talent that uh, – and he can play running back. But – and two of the other players, and I, I know like Riley Ford in their offensive line is another name that comes to my mind. But there are two kids uh, – you know, I talked to Coach Swenson not too long ago. I wish we had some 6'4 kids. Well, these two could could be that, and that's Owen Hughley and uh, uh, Garvin Key, two of the best linebackers I've ever seen at the middle school level. And they're six feet tall now. And they're going to continue to grow because they know, you know, their parents and stuff. That just hereditary. But it was a big win for the middle school Mustangs. They finished their season this Thursday against Jackson Northeast. They win. They're 7-0. Season's over. And uh, they go undefeated. I think very, very well that they could do that. Uh, just quickly in that game the other night, uh, Hayes Eubanks 107 yards, Carter 89, win 32 to zero, and uh, they'll cap off their season this Thursday. The Mustangs play Riverside for the second week in a row. The Mustangs, high school Mustangs, will play the number one team in Class Two A in the state of Tennessee. And it's a chance for two weeks in a row to knock off number one. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about that Riverside game. And when we come back, we promise that we'll try to do it better.